This is Being Better, the podcast about the science behind mindsets and practices that make us happier, wiser, and healthier. My name is Julia Spohr, and I am your host. Join us as each week we break down scientific research and bring you true stories of people from all walks of life to help you make better decisions that will shape your tomorrow. of being better the podcast which will be like a warm blanket during times when you feel tired or burnt out or anxious or uninspired and I think that for a lot of people me included those are exactly the feelings that are stemming from recent news and just the state of this planet so it is hard not to be overwhelmed and if you are then just please remember to cut yourself some slack and just try not to dive into work or other distractions and ignore these emotions because they are there for a reason and uh, there is a healthier way of dealing with them and this is exactly what we are going to discuss today so I thought that I would just love to have an expert on the show to talk about fostering inner peace. So this is exactly what this episode is going to be about, as well as healthy ways of processing anger, the power of forgiveness, finding joy and stillness, practicing to live more mindfully, mindfulness and yoga misconceptions, sound healing and so much more. So in this eye-opening discussion, I was joined by Lucy Victoria Jackson, a yoga teacher, a crystal singing bowl practitioner, and well-being writer. She specializes in vinyasa flows and yin yoga with a strong focus on just encouraging students to connect with themselves and dive deeper. She holds space to allow people to explore, to open up and to express themselves freely. Lucy is also the host of the podcast Root and Rise with Lucy. Her podcast features conversations with a whole host of wellness industry experts and explores the concepts of building beneficial habits and healthy practices. So this episode is like, you know, the chicken soup for the soul, though, you know, without all the cringe. <laughs> so sit back, relax and enjoy this chat. Um, so how are you doing, Lucy, these days? Thank you so much for coming. I'm super excited for this chat. Hi, Julia. Yes, I'm good. Thank you. I'm good. It's a, a rainy day here in the UK, but uh, I managed to get outside with my dog and had a lovely long walk. So feeling okay, mm. just trying to stay grounded in these these times. Yeah. So before we jump into my questions, I want to move on to my one of my favorite segments, which is the recommendation of the week. So I ask the guests to share um, a product, a book, a podcast that they've been enjoying lately, just something that has made their life better somehow. It can be funny or thought-provoking or just, you know, pleasant. So what can you share with us this week? 
So I am a big reader, actually. I really do enjoy reading books. Actually, I, I studied that um, at university, so I, I just love getting really lost in a story. So I'm always discovering new stories. And the one I'm reading at the moment is, um, it's all about the Caribbean and uh, the slave trade. And it doesn't sound that happy or that inspiring, <laughs> but what I really love is... Um, a, a really strong character in a story and getting lost in that character and uh, connecting with the character. So yeah, the book that I'm reading at the moment is is called Washington Black and I'm I'm just loving Wash is he's called Wash for short in the in the book and I'm I'm just loving getting to know his character and learning about something completely outside of, you know, my everyday. Mm, yeah, I mean that sounds amazing and I love like you know book escapism somehow sometimes it's necessary at uh, you know times like this so it sounds like you know pirates of caribbean so so i really really uh will enjoy that so i will link that in the episode description for anyone interested to check out and yeah i mean i'm all for book recommendations it's like my favorite thing i want to maybe start by asking you for some advice about peace because I think right now this is currently what I'm struggling with the world just seems a bit crazy right now and I personally feel like from all sides I'm just bombarded with news about you know war or climate change or you know racial inequality or oil spills or just you know I am reminded of responsibilities that I have to get to even though all of this is going on um and I just I think I am struggling sometimes to find that inner peace so I want to ask you why this is so important especially now and how can one foster it how can one practice inner peace that's a big question <laughs> I think um so for those of you listening who might not know me I am a yoga teacher so a lot of my background and experience with trying to find inner peace does come from my yoga practice and um, being a student of yoga for many years now uh, so first of all why is it important um, I think it's important because if we don't spend time on fostering our own inner peace and looking after our own self then we actually can't be there for others um, you know from a place of wholeheartedness from a place that's actually going to be useful and supportive to other people So first of all, it's actually really important. It's the classic saying, you know, make sure you fit your own oxygen mask first before you help other people. Mm. So, you know, alongside the obvious, just it's nice to feel in a peace. For me, that reason is is so important that, um, yeah, we, we have to take care of ourselves first and then we can go and help other people. And then secondly, um, how I try to find inner peace, I'm no expert at all, I'm constantly practicing. Mm. Um, but as I say, for me, a lot of it does come from my yoga practice and that's not really the physical side of the practice. So for me, it's more the mental side of the practice that really helps me to cultivate that sense of inner calm and feeling grounded. And it all starts with the breath. I'm sure you've heard that many times before is, you know, it, it all starts with your breath. And the reason is, is your breath is really the only thing that you can control. 
So outside of your breath, you you really can't control anything else that goes on around you. You know, as as you were saying, climate change, war, oil, all of that, we can't control that. But what we can control is our breath. So first and foremost, just deep, calm breaths. I do try to practice that anytime I feel overwhelmed. And then, you know, other things that I do, I mentioned walking my dog. For me, that really helps me just to stay mm. in the present moment. I, I mean, I love being outdoors with her anyway. I love being outdoors, but with her is always extra special. And just being really present as well when I'm doing things like that, that I enjoy, um, you know, trying not to look at my phone too much, trying not to, you know, ring someone while I'm I'm walking actually just really you know giving time to the the exercise and to to being with her and to to being with myself so I hope that answers your question <laughs> mm. yeah yeah I think that's very lovely and especially what you said about yoga I think um, I'm happy to see so many more people getting into that and um, however I found that a lot of people are frustrated with it and well sometimes try it and maybe do not find it helpful and I think that is mostly because they are approaching it wrong so when it comes to yoga I think which is such a you know broad topic but let's talk about well maybe beginner mistakes or misconceptions Uh, so a lot of people right struggle with finding peace in yoga they may overthink what do you think they should do to make sure that they get into that practice well and that they can actually experience all the amazing benefits of it yeah I that's a really tough one actually because Every single person who is a beginner is starting from a completely different place. So it's um, actually as a teacher, and if any teachers are listening, that's always really important to remember that every person that walks through your door is going to be starting their journey from a completely different place. They're going to have had different life experiences. They're going to have had different, you know, activity experiences. They would have done different exercises from different ages. So first of all, just remembering um, if you're that, that beginner in the room, everyone else around you is coming from this from a completely different angle. So really you know, there's, there's no right or wrong in general when it comes to yoga, but just what is right or wrong for you. So how do you feel in each pose? How, you know, how is your breath, your mind, and just trying not to put too much pressure on yourself as well. I think actually approaching it with a real openness and almost like a a childlike mind. I really, um, for me, that's, that's, a really lovely part of the practice is when you you almost treat it as like playtime, time to explore. There's no pressure on it, um, and I think you know if you if you approach it with that attitude, I don't think you really can go wrong. <laughs> Being open and and just as I say, childlike and mm. and just looking for the ex- an experience rather than putting any expectation on what you should be doing or should be feeling or should be thinking. Just be open. Just be open minded. I really love that. I think a lot of people um, approach yoga as 
as they would like the gym mm. um, and they think about you know the immediate benefits and and being best at it and comparing themselves to other people in the class and I mean this is what I certainly um, started with and I think what is so powerful especially I mean you would know that you know because you've been practicing it for for years um, you know yoga meditation and, and sound healing and I'm I've been founding you know coming from the pandemic that practicing together is so powerful mm. being in a community um and, and and feeling and moving together especially um and i'm curious what why that is and and what have you found in in creating that yoga community i'm i'm very curious about that power because it just seems like you know we can break bridges and build mountains and whatever other uh, completely wrong used uh, saying mm. yeah um so yeah yeah no definitely I it it actually was a really interesting time for me in the pandemic so I've been teaching yoga for seven years so I had quite a bit of experience before the pandemic I've now had two years of of the pandemic as everyone else has and now slowly mm. coming out the other side and um so actually it's been really interesting because when I first started teaching um obviously as anyone is when they're they're newly qualified in something and you get so excited and you know you, you really put all your energy into building it and I you know I was really lucky that my community built really quickly and I you know I became quite um an established teacher in my local community which was was lovely but then I think once you've been doing something for a few years you maybe start to take that for granted a little bit and so actually as kind of the pandemic started I yeah I think I took that for granted and then you know having to go online uh, I don't know what the situation was in Poland but in the UK I'm trying to think I was online purely for I'd say about nine months of the pandemic we had to teach purely online mm. and then kind of on and off when you know things lifted and then we had to lock down again and you know you know how it went um yeah yeah I think we are familiar yeah definitely and mm. I think during that time it really reminded me how important community was and as you say actually physically being with people and it was really interesting to see the difference in um, how I felt when I was leading a, a class, teaching, teaching a group of people. It's such a different energy when you're in a room with people and when you're online with people. And, you know, there's, there's actually pros and cons to both. I think sometimes there is space for the online world, but on the whole, I'm really enjoying that we're coming back out of you know of hibernation um of lockdown and you know starting to be back with my community in person again and your question as to to why it's really hard to put into words i think it's um i mean we I suppose we can all picture ourselves probably, for example, listening to our favorite song in our bedroom and having a dance and we can get certain pleasure from that and we can get a certain experience from that. But then you go and see that song in, you know, 
at a gig in in real per in real person in real life um <laughs> with 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 real people and the you know the live music on the stage and everyone's singing the same song together and there's just something so powerful in doing something you know with other people and having that same goal and it's it's just so much more tangible when you're actually in the same room um and i think with yoga as well it it, it can help you to stay focused as well if you're in in the same room as other people because sometimes at home you know the the phone might ring or if you've got children you know the child might be crying or in my case the dog might bark at the postman or mm. you know <laughs> so I think there is that aspect as well the practical aspect of this there's less distractions when you're in a set space for yoga yeah <laughs> I just really found that like transformative and and I've like I come from um you know more solitary sports swimming cycling and running especially and and like a couple of months ago was my like my first uh, race uh, that I did with like it was a half marathon with with you know thousands of people and it felt so incredible like for the first time I took something that I did alone and and did it in a community and it was completely amazing and I really recommend it to everyone who has never tried that especially you know after the pandemic I mean I'm not not saying that we are over it sadly but um, I think stuff is getting a bit more opened up so so I think that is um, that is an opportunity right now I want to come back a bit to to that inner peace because I'm really drawn to that idea especially especially now um, because I think a lot of people feel a lot of anger um, I certainly did and I'm trying I'm trying to fight that toward you know certain people or organizations or governments we are always feeling some sort of resentment um, but I don't know I'm not sure if that is what we um, what we should practice and and I know you've talked a bit about forgiveness so I want to ask why is forgiveness so powerful because I think it's so um, underrated and how can we practice forgiveness how can we get better at it because I think it's in today's world it is instinctive to react with um, complaint anger and resentment yes um so actually I'm gonna start with the anger thing um because I, in my experience, like I'm 31 now, and in my kind of life experience of my 31 years, I have tried to push aside things like anger, frustration, and I've tried to kind of see them as negative things that I shouldn't be feeling, or I should just get over, that I should just move on. And I see the logic behind that because it's easier, right? If we just go, right, I don't want to be angry about that anymore. I'm just going to try and distract myself with this thing over here instead. But actually, that anger is there for a reason. There's a reason why that emotion is coming up. And it's so this is what I teach in kind of my yoga, my meditation, like with emotions and with thoughts it's actually really powerful when you give space to feel them, but in a conscious way. So, you know, yes, we don't want to be reactive people. We don't want to, you know, just go, oh, you know, straight away something. No, I'm not going to deal with that. I hate you or whatever. I'm going to be angry in this moment. 
you know, mm. we, you know we, we want to try and not be reactive, but actually if you can give yourself time and space to process those kinds of emotions, how do they feel in my body? Where might that source of anger be coming from? What's really setting me off here? And what can I now do with this? Because sometimes emotions can be such a powerful springboard for going on to action, you know, for going on to actually doing something positive from that place of anger or, you know, so first of all, don't skip that step because actually that is a really important step in then moving forwards and perhaps moving on to forgiveness and perhaps moving on to something more positive. But if we try and just kind of skip over the bad part in inverted commas, then we, we're not going to actually fully get to the good part. In, in my experience, you know, maybe there are people that, that, mm. can, that can skip that. But in my experience, you've got to go through it to move past it and then to move forwards. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, so I hope that kind of answers two in one there because <laughs> mm. it's, I think for me, it's, it's hard, as I said, it's, it's hard just to get straight to the forgiveness step because if you're just trying to just forgive, 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 you haven't addressed what might be underneath and, and actually naturally then the forgiveness tends to, tends to come through in my experience. So Yeah maybe that mm. helps <laughs> yeah I, I think it does I think it all stems from awareness you know all, all the things if you notice what you're feeling then it's easier to to deal with it um I'm just drawn to to that idea of forgiveness right now because um it's sometimes hard for me to move on from just knowing that I'm angry just having that awareness and and not letting it burn myself out Mm. um very often right i i just uh, i'm a very very like conflict avoidant person so if someone well is not maybe fair with me i would just kind of you know i i, I would i i usually don't want to like say it to them mm. so i would maybe avoid that person and just hold a grudge mm. um and, and in my experience that is hurt like not great yeah but if you don't feel confident to take that step and actually you know confront someone say there that is an actual situation of someone in your life has upset you or angered you you don't have to, you don't have to, uh, you know, put yourself in that situation if you're not comfortable, but you can find other ways of dealing with it. So maybe writing it down, you know, writing a letter to that person, but never actually sending it. Sometimes that can be really mm. helpful as well. Um, or even burn, mm. burning the letter and just releasing that and setting that free or obviously therapy is really helpful as well sometimes speaking mm. with someone who's actually trained because sometimes you know as you say actually trying to confront one person that that can be really hard and they might not be ready to hear it and then it might just end up getting more messy anyway so yeah so sometimes maybe just best to you know deal with your own shit and then <laughs> then let it go yeah 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 I, I really like that idea of writing it down and and burning it up I think sometimes I like forget about it probably because like you know I live quite like quickly and just thinking about jumping from one thing to another and and I try to think about 
you know, when I have my moment of peace, just, just doing my meditation. But I think, right, just thinking about also having these little moments of maybe some rituals to actually deal with the emotions that come up in meditation and mm. um, not just not just noticing them. I think that's something that I need to work on. So, <laughs> so thanks for that. Um, yeah. And also, like, um, I think this comes a bit to, to happiness um, because I think, peace some people like think about well i don't want to live like a monk just you know restraining myself and then being peaceful because i want to be happy i will i want to live life to the fullest this is what i've heard i had that discussion very recently mm. but i think living mindfully living peacefully is a is a very happy life um it's a it's a it's a life full of full of joy it's not that you have to you know jump and just scream in front of like people but i think it's a very fulfilling life mm. um and i think it's it can be the default but actually i think a lot of people see happiness as this distant goal that they can achieve only if you know they read all these self-help books or get that job or get that car or buy this certain thing but right it can be the default state so do you think you have any thoughts on how one can make it so definitely yeah and actually i'm going to give you an example of someone the happiest person i have ever met in my life <laughs> Um, who is an adult um, and because often children the natural default state state is happiness and um, yeah. anyway so my my dear teacher Upendra he was my meditation and philosophy teacher on my very first yoga course in India and you know hearing that title meditation philosophy teacher you might think someone who's just peaceful and calm and boring and he was peaceful and calm, but he was the happiest, most fun person I have ever had the joy of spending time with. And he mm. just, you know, he was, as I say, he was so calm and so peaceful, but he'd found this just inner contentment, this inner happiness. And he just radiated that to everyone around him. And that just made everyone around him want to be the best, most happiest version of themselves. And then it's just like a little, I don't know, like a, a, a bouncy ball just bouncing between like him and him and you. And that happiness just kind of keeps bouncing and it's, it's so contagious. And, you know, he was, he was hilarious. I've never met someone so funny as well so in my um so in one of uh the yoga classes that he runs so as I say most of the time he has meditation and philosophy but one morning for some reason none of the the asana the physical yoga teachers could actually teach the session so he was put in charge of our yoga asana practice that morning and it was just the most fun, happy session that we had because he started it so seriously. Mm. <laughs> it was like really serious, like, you know, really serious face. And we were all like, okay, it's serious time now. Mm. <laughs> he started with the first, the first few movements and then he just started to play the most crazy music. And he was like, and now we dance. And we just spent the next hour just dancing and it was just so joyful and so pure and so childlike and and that's I think is is really the state that I think most of us if we're being honest we'd love to come back to that inner child what make what made your inner child happy when you were younger and for most of us it is just being with good people 
being free, being outside, dancing, you know, not being self-conscious. And um, yeah, so I've gone off on a bit of a tangent storyline there, but <laughs> That's okay. yeah. That's okay. That's like perfect for podcasting. Yeah, and I think I think sometimes it's nice to hear about actual real life people and experiences rather than just kind of talking hypothetically. And and I just every time I think, right, I need to be happier here, I think, what would Upendra do? <laughs> How could I be more be more Upendra <laughs> in this moment? And it's, you know, and it's not boring at all. As I say, being with someone like that really taught me that. Um, when you practice in a peace in a calm it's it's actually completely the opposite it gives you freedom to truly be yourself and and really you know that that's what's most important above everything it's not as you say the car that we drive or how much money we have or what we look like on Instagram like none of that stuff is important really it's it's you know are we happy inside and and are we free to be that that true self to the outside world mm. that's interesting what you said are, are we free to to live the person that we want to be um because right i think sometimes we have that idea oh if i if i only changed uh, a couple of circumstances here maybe i could be that person um and sometimes we just have to ourselves let ourselves free to be that person and to set ourselves free it's easier said than done. Um, a lot of people have very difficult circumstances, especially, you know, now, mm. you know, people who are, you know, internally displaced or, or immigrants, it has to be so incredibly hard to feel happiness in those circumstances. And, you know, it's worth acknowledging that we are both speaking from a place of privilege and it's definitely easier for us to talk about these topics. I, I cannot imagine how it is. And, and if we can, uh, you know, recommend uh, practicing moments of mindfulness and and peace in in those terrible moments, that's the only thing that we can do at the end of the day. But but yeah, that that's the only thing we can do. We we, we are not able to put ourselves in that um, in that you know from that perspective. Mm. Yeah, no, you're you're a hundred percent right. We are both very privileged. We're both safe at this moment in time, and. Um, and yeah we're we're so lucky to to be in this this situation that we individually are in but you're right there's a lot of people who especially right now uh, that's going to be really tough but what's so inspiring is actually kind of it, it links back to what we were saying about kind of being with other people you know we we can only see what we can see on the news and on social media and stuff but you can there is such power in these moments of desperation and devastation, you know, when you see those communities coming together and actually, you know, just supporting each other, you know, strangers carrying strain other strangers' children and mm. people, you know, sleeping together and teacher teaching a classroom in a bunker, you know, it's 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 awful. But it just is such a reminder of how we need each other. We need our communities. And, you know, there's, yeah, that's that's all I really have to say, I think, at the moment yeah. on that. But it's it's I mean, just a lovely I, reminder. I think that's, it gives me hope. Um, I think I used to be a more, not a pessimistic, but I, I used to say that I'm like a realist. And, mm. and I see the world as it is. And worse are going to happen because there are so many terrible people. But I think... What this um, 
recent news like have taught me is that oh my god people are like look at look at the world like pretty much all the countries came together you know and also like people with different political views you know people from the left and from the right are coming together to to take in immigrants to donate to to protest you know all these amazing things and it's it's hard that only like sometimes just it, it has to come to these hard situations for us to come together however it proves that we can work together and i'm mm. i personally am so sick of like being polarized because of our views on these not really that important topics um it's just it, it frustrates me um and i this year i really want to focus on making more friends who have different opinions than i do um and and not just surround myself with you know these very liberal vegans in my in my mm. life because you know i i live in a bubble and i mm. i i think it's important for for us to experience all different types of people definitely yeah i would i would 100% agree and it's it it's coming off the back of a time when as you say there has been so much polarization there's been you know people with differing views left right and center quite literally and mm. it's you know it it has really it's interesting isn't it that you know that it does take such a a, a devastating thing to actually bring people together and you hope each time that we're going to learn from it but uh, yeah it's tricky isn't it it's it, i suppose it's nice that in the the darkest moments people do come together but it's like how do we sustain that during times of peace and times when things are easier because you do see it after every disaster you know in america with with 911 um i was quite i was only 10 i think when that happened but I just remember seeing on the news how the whole of New York, the whole of America came together. They, you know, they were supporting each other. They were, you know, a real community. It's, uh, you know, it, and it, you see it, people come together and then they move apart. They come together, they move apart. But um, as you say, it's so important that we are listening to other people because otherwise we get caught in um, the term that I've, I've learned in the last two years is the, an echo chamber. We just hear the same views being bounced back at us and you know what actually not only is that not healthy but it's it also makes us not the most interesting people as well because if we mm -hmm. only if we're only hearing one point of view then we just know one one view of the world and you know yes we might hear another view and then not agree with it and that's fine but at least we've been open-minded to hear it and to give someone else time and and actually, it's it's so interesting because the driving force for, for all of us, I think, is exactly the same thing. It's we we want to do what's best for ourselves and for those closest to us. But we all just have such different ideas about what that is. But if we just remind ourselves that each person is coming from that, you know, you know, that place of good intention, it's I'm trying to do my best for myself and for those that I love then we can hopefully have a bit more empathy when we are exposed to very different viewpoints to ourselves. Yeah, that, I really like to to say, you know, lead with compassion. Um, you know, like, like before we started, um, I'm trying to think uh, about all of, the, all of the soldiers and, and, you know, people who 
are doing terrible things, not because they are terrible people. And I'm trying right now to be angry. I'm trying to just understand that they have to have reasons why they are able to do these things. I've, I've recently read a book by Thich Nhat Hanh and, and he, he said that, that you should always put yourself in the shoes and, and see who was that person when they were a child. Where did they grow up? What circumstances? Who were his or her parents? Were they, you know, experiencing trauma? And, and what are the values that they have been taught? And I think it changes your perspective. You start to, to pity the people that you used to hate. And I think when you when you show them that you are not angry at them, that you're not violent, that, that you kind of are sorry for them, that also leaves them like disoriented and almost confused. And then maybe that can be a place where a conversation can start, where, where we can start to understand one another and and maybe find like a place in between what we think and and maybe we can meet there and maybe from there we can build up a world that will be a bit kinder to to all of us yeah definitely and I think a word that you used that was really important it's it's understanding each other. We don't have to agree. We don't have to all have exactly the same opinion, but it's having an understanding of where other people are coming from. That certainly helped helped me uh, trying to understand at least where other people might mm. might be coming from. And I also um, really like Brenny Brown's work as well. I'm sure you've, you've read some of her work too. And something that she says, I mean, many of her sayings are amazing, but one thing that I always remind myself of is that every person, or she says, what if every person was simply doing the best they can at this moment in time? You know, what if every person is just doing the best they can at this moment in time? And that's a really good reminder as well, because that's that's all anyone can do is their best at that moment you know we may learn we may grow in the future but as you say if we've come from trauma if we haven't quite processed that yet we can only do the best right now with what we've got I really love just talking about it especially now it brings me um a bit more clarity um because I think right it is it is lovely to see that that we can come together and, and talk about peace when we see war. So I'm really, really excited just to see how people are right donating and, and thinking about that. So so I'm really thankful to you for, for talking a bit about that. Um, and I think a place where people instinctively come to when they want to be in a community or when they want to escape is social media or, or the internet. And my relationship with it, and I think for everyone, is so nuanced because on the one hand, this whole thing, this podcast would not ha- would not happen if it wasn't for that. But on the other hand, it is a place and, uh, you know, a lot of my anxiety comes from there. And, and I think it is very hard to separate ourselves from that even if you want to because it is part of our work and life and shopping and, and entertainment and and com- like communication and family all that stuff um so i'm curious through your you know experience and knowledge with with mindfulness how we can use technology and social media in a more 
right mindful way and use that online community um you know to 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 be more wholesome i guess and and make it more inclusive yes so there's many many directions that we could go in with this i'm trying to think what might be the most helpful okay so first of all how my relationship with social media has developed over time maybe a a good place to start and I would say there have definitely been times when I have let social media control me rather than me being in control of my social media consumption and I think that's a really important distinction to make so for example if I you know I used to have Facebook and Instagram on the first page of my phone and the alerts you know would 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 go off and so every time it would go off I would check it there and then and then I would just stay on the app and just scroll and scroll and scroll whereas now you know I the a very simple switch is moving the Facebook and the Instagram icons onto my second screen so I have to actually intentionally swipe on my phone to see if I've got any notifications and I turn my notifications off as well. So I am then in control of when I decide I want to go on social media. And that has actually been really helpful because I'm not then just reacting to notifications popping up. I have to go, right, this is a conscious decision that I'm going to make now to go on. Um, and you know, it's, I'm not perfect at all. And anyway, sometimes I'll go on and I'll start scrolling and then I'll go, oh my gosh, I've been here half an hour. I need to get up and do the washing or I should be doing this. This is a waste of time. Um, but it's definitely better than it used to be. Um, and then for me, the reason why it's really important to control my social media, um, I guess, diet, <laughs> um, is that you know, as you said, the word anxiety, like for me, my anxiety just got so, so bad when I was just scrolling and comparing. And it's, it's funny, isn't it? Because it's not reality, but it is a reality, Mm. if that makes sense. So we, we live in a, we live in a world where it does exist and it is real people, but they are manipulating the reality that they're showing us. So it's really tricky um, because if you aren't in touch with it, so I actually did last year, 2021, I did eight months where I deleted Instagram completely and I didn't go on it and I didn't even look at it once. And it was really nice, but I was disconnected from so many things that, you know, were going on in f- friends' lives even, you know, and professionally as well. Um, and I would, you know, I would miss really important announcements, you know, people getting engaged or people announcing they were going to mm. have babies. And then I'd feel really bad that I didn't know, <laughs> but it was because I wasn't on social media. So it's really tricky because it is such a part of our lives. I do think it's here to stay for now. But it's, yeah, it's kind of managing your relationship with it and noticing the signals of of how it makes you feel. And uh, if it's, if it doesn't make you feel good, then what can you do to manage your consumption? And yeah, so sorry, that answer is a bit squiggly wiggly. but (laughs) (laughs) but Yeah, I mean, that's absolutely fine. Uh, You know, 
I think we are both here just to share our experiences and maybe they will be valuable for the listeners. Hopefully they will, but maybe they won't and, and we, cannot, <laughs> we cannot influence that. But I really love what you said that it is not reality, but it is a reality because I think sometimes, you know, people would say, you know, Instagram is not real. Do not think about what you are looking at because it's not real. It's all fake. And I think, no, like, sure it is idealized and and it's edited and and everything is you know very pretty out there but it is real and 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 so many good things come out of it and there are people who share real content and and really you know this is how we connected and and you know sometimes we see people who are amazing and it's not because they edited their life but just because they have great you know circumstances and that is completely fine and I think it's not good to just like live in denial and say oh it's all fake it's all fake because no there are people who have it better than you and you shouldn't act as if it's not this way so I really love what you said because you know you have to figure out that relationship for yourself sadly there is not a textbook how to do that um but denial I think is not the way yeah no definitely yeah And it's it's a really tricky one to navigate because, as you say, we each have to find our own relationship with it. But I think it's really important to uh, actually check in with, with how it makes you feel and how are you using it and actually almost do like a little bit of a... Um, a report I guess like mm. well I mean it's it's already on your phone it tells you how much time you're spending on each app and uh and whether you're being productive on your phone or you know or whatever device you're using actually it does tell you the data is there and so you you have those numbers and you can see you know uh does it make me feel good and how much time am I using and if not what can I do to adjust it to make me feel a little better and you know it it's it is finding a balance because as I was saying like I, I I missed a lot of things in my eight months of Instagram and there are some things that I quite like seeing you know I, I do quite like being social with my friends online I really like you know when someone has got married and they share the pictures and it's so nice to look back at those memories and um you know so it's it's just finding our own personal relationship with it isn't it hmm. yeah I mean at the end of the day social media is just like the reflection of the society physically and I think If you want to make social media better, we have to make like the society better. We have to write, you know, fight the polarization and be understand one another. So coming back to what we talked about earlier. Um, so what has helped me with that, with being more like making sure that this community is better is delay, uh, which is like comes from, you know, the, the idea of stoicism and also um, right, mindfulness. So before you react, just notice and, and sit with your feelings and do not feel like if you feel like writing a hateful comment or going into like some kind of, you know, shitty fight with like a stranger on Twitter, first stop yourself and, 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 and right, have that delay. Uh, because even in 30 seconds, so many different thoughts may come to your mind and you might change your mind or, or you might realize it's not worth it and you also might in that 30 seconds question whether what you're seeing is real because there's so many like so many misconceptions misinformation fake news especially about 
these like huge topics especially about war and we like instantly want to share something and we instantly want to spread um like this huge news we see a you know a bomb being detonated and we want to like show it with with our friends because we want them to know because we want them to be safe and that's completely fine but in when you have delay you have time to really be more critical and and question and be more thoughtful and i think in this way you know social media is a tool so we we can all use it but it will only work well if we we use it carefully yeah definitely and actually what for me what's really um a good practice especially when I'm making a post or actually I really like what you're saying and responding to things as well is I ask myself what's my intention with this and then what is it actually offering is is it information is it funny is it educational it's you know or or sometimes in my work you know sometimes I have to do a post that is actually just selling something I have to tell people like Mm. this is what I'm doing please come to my you know so it's I suppose that might fit under information but um and if it doesn't really fit under those headings then I I try not to you know post because it's or or try not to respond because it it's already such a busy you know populated place and if you're not adding anything that's of value and you're just kind of adding to the noise then that's not not always productive it's not productive use of of your time either <laughs> of my time yeah of course yeah. yeah I think being additional is a is the right word um to like describe it like also like who you, you know through it no if you want it or not through social media you are creating an image of yourself and you are communicating a message so you have to ask yourself what kind of a, an image do I want to build and I'm not saying that if you want to post a picture in your in your bikini that's wrong that's completely fine like it's your body you go girl if that's what if you feel like right with yeah that's that's awesome and and I think also if you have some opinions about that and you want to like come like comment on someone's post like when they are in their bikini maybe like also have that delay because very often uh, that might not be called for (laughs) but I just think we're right we are creating this this image and I think what a lot of people do not think about is that right uh internet is a place for all of us so a lot of people that are going to meet you and who don't know you will see those images first and then they will meet you with all the nuances of your life future employees you know family members maybe your future mother-in-law which is something that you know I for sure do not think about when I post (laughs) anything on the internet and also like this podcast maybe I should maybe I don't care right it just depends but uh, I really love like taking all of those mindfulness mm, rules, I guess, and putting them into that um, into the usage of social media because it doesn't have to be bad. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I guess lastly, uh, before we part ways, I want to also ask about like maybe like I, I guess it's like completely changing uh, changing the topic, mm, but you are a practitioner of uh, crystal singing bowls and this is something that I've just heard like briefly and like maybe some like soundtracks for meditation but I have not 
heard a lot about sound healing and I'm very interested in that as a just new practice that I might get into. So um, can you explain what sound healing is and how does it really work? So my relationship with sound healing is another interesting story. I So I have five crystal singing bowls for context of anyone listening and by that I mean they are Uh, round bowls with a base and they're made purely of crystals and precious metals and first of all they sound absolutely incredible so I describe the sound as quite ethereal and angelic it's 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 really not a sound that I have ever heard from anything else before and they are really special. Um, and I did my training, oh, I'm trying to think. I think I did my first training about five years ago um, with a company called Sound Universe London. And their main sound teacher, Yantara, is really well respected in the crystal singing bowl world. I think at the time I was really kind of doughy-eyed and I saw everything in the wellness space through rose-tinted glasses so I absorbed all of the things that they were telling me without actually looking into any of it and I think I want to kind of caveat this by saying I think a lot of it is still pseudoscience and unproven so I maybe won't kind of parrot all the facts that I was taught on my training Mm. because they teach you all these things like the sounds like resonate with your um with your cells on like a, a water level and it's like all the <laughs> crystalline sounds like yeah, it matches yeah, yeah. the level of your your vibration and that all sounds really cool and really magical and you know if that's true then great but I've never actually seen any scientific proof so yeah. for me f- but for me the I really, power... by the way I just really love that you mentioned that I really like yeah. I really <laughs> value people who can uh, right notice pseudoscience and even in like in their area um so right like props to you yeah but but that's not to say that there's no benefits to it whatsoever because Mm, actually for me I think the benefits in it is just that it provides people with a really calming and it's usually a beautiful space that I try to create like visually beautiful when they first arrive candles the lights are down you know the bowls look beautiful uh, you know a nice smell going on so first of all I like to provide this real safe relaxing calming space that when people step into they naturally just go okay I can breathe I can take off my coat I can take off my shoes and I'm just going to lie down for an hour so I think first of all just that kind of setting that that space that you then play the balls in is just such a powerful thing in the first place and then when you play the balls as I say they're so ethereal and so uplifting and so calming and it you know on the whole they do just take people to this place of just yeah being relaxed and being calm and as I say I don't know the science behind it I don't know if it's if it's actually proven not from what I've seen but I think it's just having that intention of I'm gonna go I'm gonna be looked after for an hour it's gonna be relaxing and there's so much power in that and I think the problem is like with so many things in wellness like 
if you were just to tell someone that that's that's all that they're coming to do and there's no kind of magic behind it Mm. it doesn't sound that sexy it's not that great for Mm. advertising so I think maybe that's why a lot of these more kind of pseudoscientific things have come into the space it sounds more magical it sounds more appealing Mm. but actually this the simplicity of just that calm space beautiful sounds the intention to relax and let someone else look after you I why do we need more than that to, to me that's yeah. that's the pa- that's yeah, the power in it exactly so, yeah like that's that's what I wanted to say I think maybe it's even better that there is no like proven um like real tangible effects because there is something like placebo and we shouldn't pretend that it's not and it's a good thing that we have that placebo you know if something feels good you know it sounds it sounds nice to this the sound sounds nice and it feels great to to listen to it and if this is not hurting us in any way then we should just we should just practice that and that's all there is and if it makes you feel more just in tune with your body makes you relaxed and makes you present and you know not tense and and and, and all those great things then maybe that's all there has to be in it and and I really love that you're you're saying that and acknowledging all the pseudoscience out there because a lot of people just want to put those nice ribbons on everything so everything is just right sexy and and easy to sell but actually even if it is just placebo that I go to this practice and I believe it will make me feel feel better and because I believe then it does make me feel better that that is great and and if i believe that this sugar pill will make me happier then fuck it take that sugar pill it will not (laughs) kill you but maybe it will just make you feel better so i really like that um, that approach to it i think it's very refreshing especially in this like wellness community because i think there's so much just bullshit out there yeah there really is and unfortunately in the last two years over COVID, that's really come to the... So I say unfortunately, I think it's, it is a good thing, but uh, it's, it's going to take a lot of unraveling and I don't know if that's even something that will ever, ever happen. But I do think it's really important. Like, as you say, if people find something that makes them feel good, like, it, that's great. Just do that. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be really complicated. It doesn't have to, you know say that you're going to meet with the angels and it's going to take you up into the <laughs> astral realms because a lot of people do talk about this kind of thing and and for a long time I must say like with the sound world and I really loved collecting crystals and I still love crystals but you know I had teachers telling me oh this crystal is going to connect you with this angel and this is going to take you up to and I was like okay I'm going to really try I'm going to hold this crystal I'm going to play my balls and I'm going to really really try and just head up to the astral plane and go and look at the Akashic records. And I was really like trying so hard for so long. And then I didn't try because I was told I was trying too hard. So I tried to let it just happen. And, and I, and, and none of it ever happened. <laughs> I very much, I very much just stayed. I stayed on this plane, this earth, never heard any voices, never traveled off any, ama- I mean, if that happens, amazing it sounds like free drugs and it sounds incredible yeah but let me know let my, me know yeah and but I've you know and I've tried and I've not been closed-minded I really mm. was open-minded about it all but it just never happened so now I have my crystals 
I like to look at them. They make me feel happy because they look aesthetically nice. I have my bowls because, as I say, I like creating these beautiful, relaxing experiences for people. Mm. But I've let go a lot of that they're ever going to do anything magical or otherworldly for me. I'm just appreciating them for what they are in this world. (laughs) Yeah. And also, I think what's like admirable is that you have come to this space to 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 you know sound healing you have you know learned that maybe you do not necessarily agree with what some of the practitioners are saying but you are still in this space and you are still using it and I think this is great that you are able to just pick what works for you but just not disregard this whole um, space which I think a lot of people do when they try something new you know coming back to yoga they try yoga they do something wrong or they are just not able to relax because they have so many expectations and they feel tense and they feel insecure so they say yoga sucks and and everyone who does it is stupid and uh, so yeah it, I think it's refreshing yeah, thank you <laughs> <laughs> so Lucy thank you so much for this conversation it has been so it has been exactly what I needed today and I think what a lot of people um, are needing in this moment and and introducing peace and and coming together like all the topics that we discussed today just fill my heart um, and and so thank you so much I really appreciate you coming. No thank you for having me it's been so lovely to meet you <laughs> and take care look after yourself. <laughs> Yeah. And if the listeners want to learn more about you, about what you do, where should they go? So I am on Instagram at the moment and I've actually recently changed my handle. I made it shorter because it was really long before. So if they (laughs) want to find me, it's now just Lucy V. So the letter V Jackson. And that's it. So Lucy V Jackson. Or my website is lucyvictoriajackson.com. So that's me. (laughs) So that will be in the episode description. And thank you so much. Great. Thank you so much, Julia. Wasn't that just lovely? I mean, immediately after we hung up, I listened to a playlist with crystal singing bowls to experience these amazing effects they have on the mind and the body. And oh my God. God, I really, really, really recommend it if you are stressed or if you just came back from work and just want to unwind or if you want to meditate or do yoga or just go on a walk, whatever. Having this as a soundtrack to your life would make it so much more peaceful and I think just wholesome. So really, I really recommend it. So yeah, thank you so much, Lucy, for joining us. And that will be that for our chat. And now moving on to the Insight of the Week segment, which for anyone new here is just a segment where I share something that I realized lately or something that I heard or just a thought that (laughs) came to my mind. Um, And today I want to briefly talk about a theory that I've recently read about consciousness. So, you know, consciousness is a really complex phenomenon to just to define. We could say that it's just, you know, the ability to experience, but this makes it very hard to determine what is conscious. I mean, we have no problem saying that humans are conscious. 
it seems obvious to us but you know by the way it's not <laughs> but I'm going to talk about that later uh, we also consider our pets to be conscious beings and that's why we have you know something like the animal police because we just don't want them to suffer we consider them conscious and we ethically feel inclined to not let them suffer and most people would say that plants are not conscious but you know please consider the example of the venus flytraps you know these are the plants that sense uh, when a fly is near and basically hunt them they do experience reality to the extent that they can even set up traps to hunt for animals they want to eat basically i cannot even do that so i don't know how about you but hunting for animals for me it's it's consciousness you know so if you study a lot of different branches of science you will just learn that there is just this incredible order in the way matter as a whole in, in the universe is organized electrons for some reason know how to move around protons to create atoms. Atoms know how to bind and create these certain substances. Chloroplasts in plants know how to turn the energy from the sun and turn it into sugars. This is, you know, photosynthesis. They know what sugars are as opposed to amino acids. How do they know that? You know, your cells in your body know when they underwent a bad mutation and they basically decide, so again, decide, I think, requires consciousness because they decide to basically commit suicide and stop replicating further. And even when it comes to humans, we know when we stand an inch or two too close to another person, even though no one ever taught us that but we know these things the planets know how to revolve around their own axis and just you know the entire universe knows how to go from a point of infinite density to just this constant expansion that started from the big bang so this is so organized and so perfectly thought of it's it is so incredible to think why is matter acting this this way why is everything so wonderfully organized and and how does it know what to do you know some people physicists would say that there are these fundamental forces that define what matter does and those are gravity electromagnetism and also there are strong and weak interactions and so these are these fundamental forces but what i recently read about the theory that i am just leading to is that there might be one more force that defines matter and what it does. And that force might be consciousness. So everything might be conscious to a degree. This theory is called panpsychism. And when I read about it, I found it mind-blowing. And before you consider this whole thing as, you know, woo-woo, I think we have trouble understanding that animals are conscious and plants might be conscious just because we think of consciousness in terms of what we experience. But, you know, you have to think that plants and animals and these very basic organisms like like bacteria, they might be conscious but not have that 
cognitive processes. So they most likely do not have memory or they do not have decision-making processes. They do not experience sensory inputs as we do. But in a way, everything might be conscious because it is so organized, because it knows what and how to do and when to do it. And this might be this fundamental law that everyone is looking for. I think it's so incredible and also so likely, you know, but because when you when you study science, chemistry, physics, biology, whatever it is, you learn that it is also perfectly thought out. Everything just works together so well. When you think about cellular respiration or when you think about the creation of stars and how they explode in supernovas and how this debris you know, goes throughout the universe to form other objects. I just think that all of this is so amazing and it, it cannot be a coincidence for me at least. And this is what I think some people just call God, this amazing force that made it all happen. But for me, what I choose to call it, at least right now, is that it is this incredible force that just defines matter. And thanks to it, we have all this amazing experience and, and love and, you know, waterfalls and whatever it is. And also what is worth mentioning here is that when you have those subcomplexes such as atoms or cells, uh, when you bring them together, they create a larger consciousness. So this is re regarding to also one of the books I recently read about neuroscience, which proposed that our perception of the self, that I am me and I am my own person, might be an illusion because I have all of these different subunits in my brain, all these different areas responsible for moving or for thinking, for memorizing, for eating. And in order to have all these different systems work together, they have to think of themselves as this one bigger whole, this one bigger system. Just like in a corporation, you have all these different subunits responsible for PR and marketing and finance. And in order to have all those subunits work together, they need to have this one big identity. And only then can this business be run and this is basically what happens in your brain you have all these different complexes uh, of neurons which are basically cells and cells to a certain point are also conscious but in order for these cells to work together they have to kind of forget about their own consciousness and build this large shared consciousness this whole identity and I think this is so incredible and and I know that for some people this idea might not be compelling there is a lot of uh, people arguing that panpsychism um is is just a bunch of woo stemming from um you know ancient spiritual practices and I think, yeah, to some degree, we have to be careful about, yeah, basically what we think of it as true and not. But, you know, coming back to a couple of episodes ago, I, I talked about that we cannot be certain about anything. So I'm just proposing this as a theory uh, that I read about and I found compelling. Um, but, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be true. And I just found that it is very interesting and, and I certainly am missing this one more fundamental force that describes how matter is created, how it acts, how it 
switches from one type of energy to another um, you know energy cannot be destroyed or created and and so the way it is transformed has to be governed by something and so I just found that this is what right now sounds compelling to me don't quote me on this later I might change my mind you might feel like this is all a bunch of bs that's completely okay um, I'm actually I would prefer if you weren't certain about this and actually I would prefer if you weren't certain about anything because like I said uncertainty is is just great because we live in a world that is so complex and so polarized that what we need is not to be certain and just cut ourselves some slack and be a bit less trusting to all the quote-unquote experts that are preaching that they know what is life they know what is good they know what is bad they know what is healthy they know what is unhealthy so maybe let's just be more critical read and learn and read about all the different sciences and cultures out there and then decide what right now works for us and okay I will finish my rant here and I'm so thankful to you for listening to this episode and if you want to you can always message me on Instagram it's at beingbetter.pod you can also send me an email on podcast.beingbetter at gmail.com I love really love talking to you recently I had a bunch of very interesting conversations uh, on Instagram actually in my DMs so I'm very happy to get to know you better if you have any questions or if you want to just chat or um, you know tell me where are you from I would love to to talk about that so thank you again for listening to uh, this episode please take care of yourself and if you can of someone else too and i will speak to you in the next episode being better is edited and produced by julia spore you can learn more about the show and about other work over at our website beingbetter.info and the instagram is at beingbetter.pod if you want to support us the best way to do that is by word of mouth so if you can please tell your family your friends and What the hell? Also tell your enemies. You know, we don't discriminate on this podcast. So tell them about the show. Tell them about why you like it and about why you like the incredibly amazing and very humble host. You can also share it on social media platforms. And if you tag us, we'll make sure to reply. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I'll speak to you very, very soon.